Welcome to Seller's Journey, the podcast where we speak to great sales reps and leaders and share their real stories from start to sales success. Hi, I'm Joseph Fung, and I am so excited to have Amanda Armstrong with us today. Amanda is a speaker, a coach. She's a founder of Athari. Amanda, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm I'm so jazzed. I know that we've got some fun stuff to cover, uh, but maybe we could start off with some you know kind of fundamentals. Uh, I know this show isn't about pitching, but maybe you could share what's the the one sentence elevator pitch for for you and your company. Sure. So my name is Amanda. I am the founder of Athari. Athari coaches and empowers women to find their dream jobs, build purpose-driven careers, and achieve their greatest potential. So we do both career coaching and sales coaching. Considering that we are looking to help uh, inform and inspire people in their career journeys, I couldn't be more thrilled to have you on our show for our first guest. This is so exciting. Thank you. I'm uh, so excited also. For, for sharing your story, maybe you could start us off at the, the proverbial start. Where, where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? I grew up born and raised in Toronto around Young and St. Clair area, so right in the heart of the city. I went to school in London, Ontario, Western University, and I studied business and specialized in entrepreneurship at the Richard Ivey School of Business. Oh, fantastic. Uh, now, you studied entrepreneurship, but you didn't start off by founding your own company, right? No, I did not. I actually spent 10 years working on women's entrepreneurship programs in East Africa and the Caribbean and working with startups and uh, social enterprises before becoming a full-time entrepreneur myself. Oh, wow. So a, a lot of people make the mistake of thinking their first role, their first job sets the course of their, their career and that it's a kind of an inevitable direction. Maybe you could share a little bit about what was your first job? Uh, you know, what, what was the first step that you took as you came out of school? So the first job out of school, I mean, just like most students and young people and recent grads, it's it's tough. It's not easy finding that first job, figuring out what you're passionate about, figuring out how to successfully nav navigate the job search and land that opportunity. My first job out of school was working with a small nonprofit called the Canadian Foundation for AIDS Research out of Toronto. It was actually a nonprofit that I had initially volunteered with in high school. And so how I landed that opportunity was through a connection of mine through, you know, I already knew someone because I had volunteered with them and they offered me a position there. Wow. Now, th this is such a great, great story because earlier you shared a bit about that idea of not-for-profits and selling. And, and we usually ask the question, how did you get into sales? But you've, you've got a different story there. Maybe you could share a bit more about how that not-for-profit experience really was sales experience. So the, the most interesting thing about sales is that no one really introduced me to sales. No one really talked to me about sales as a potential career opportunity. I went to business school and it was either marketing, consulting, accounting, or finance. Sales was never an option. And, and so I, I never knew sales really existed and I didn't really know anything about careers in sales. I worked at the Canadian Foundation for AIDS Research for six months and three months was calling high schools. It was cold calling high schools across Canada and uh, trying to get them to participate in our HIV AIDS campaign. So that was my first introduction to sales, although I did not know it was sales until, you know, five, six, seven years later. 
So I, I love that journey, you know, that, that kind of late realization. But you've also had a very successful career in what we would classically call a sales role. Uh, I'll come back to that. But, you know, you, you spoke a little bit about that aha moment, realizing that was sales. You know, was that the most surprising or is there something else that you think was the most surprising part of your career in sales? Most recently, I worked at a tech startup called Hi Mama in downtown Toronto, Mm -hmm. and it's a fast growing tech startup in the early childhood education industry. I think the and that was my more, I would say, traditional sales role that I worked in for the past four years. I would say what surprised me the most or what what made me the most passionate about sales is the impact and the value. So, you know, sales is one of those roles where you really are making a massive impact on the company and the industry and, you know, your customers. And there's so much value that you have to bring to the table. You're bringing in, you know, a tremendous amount of money that pays people's salaries and ensures that the company can remain remain in business. And so I think the impact and the value that you have as a sales professional is tremendous. I love the fact that you spoke about impact and value. We were teaching a class earlier today and one of our recruits uh, spoke about how it was a bit of an aha, life-changing moment when they realized that sales was about delivering value to the customer in the right way, not really about trying to jam a product down a pipeline. It sounds like you had a similar realization. Is that kind of a, a fair representation? Did you have a similar experience? 100%. I worked in an industry filled with female business owners, early childhood educators, and mothers. So I was on the phone speaking with you know women all day, and uh, it, it you know it was 100% for me all about how can I support these female entrepreneurs with their daycares, with their childcare centers, with their small businesses, and how can I provide the greatest value to these you know female entrepreneurs and business owners so we can positively impact young children and families around the world. So I know that these next questions, they weren't on the list that I shared with you earlier. So I hope you're uh, okay veering into the deep end a little bit, but I'd love to hear a bit more about what that was like. Everyone always comments about how startups, tech startups, sales often is a heavily male-dominated environment. And you just spoke so warmly about the experience you had with entrepreneurs and and a kind of a women-led customer base and, and company. You know, I'd love to hear a bit more around what were some of those highlights and, and what stuck out to you as you reflect on those. I think one of the things I loved about the company, and I will say when when I first joined, because things did change drastically over the three and a half years, when I first joined the company and there were 10 of us, uh, besides two individuals, two two employees, it was eighty percent female. So I wow. worked at a tech startup that was actually dominated and primarily led by women. And mm. I, we worked in, I would say, like a you know ninety five to ninety nine percent female industry, early childhood education. So that was one thing that I was super passionate about and that I really loved working at a tech startup that was actually female dominated. However, Joseph, I will say over three and a half years as we grew from 10 to 100 people, um, unfortunately, it it dropped from about 80% female to probably closer to 50% female. So, mm-hmm. you know, there were growing pains included in that, but um, very proud and very grateful to work in a female-dominated industry at a tech startup. 
Well, still, I mean, maintaining that 50% is uh, quite remarkable in a space where a lot of companies sit at 20 and below. So still, you know, hats off to the team at, at maintaining it, although you're not quite at that full 80%, still in a much stronger position than a lot of other uh, similar companies. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, there's there's challenges for women working in sales, I will say, that I saw across the board. Uh, a lot of women tend to undervalue themselves, undersell themselves. They face imposter syndrome, uh, anxiety, and uh, really like doubt themselves and their ability and their capabilities. So I think I really saw that in sales and people's performance was the women would really uh, face additional challenges and and greater challenges when it came to confidently communicating and confidently selling and believing in themselves. So you do a lot of coaching with sales reps and entrepreneurs and, and the like. Um, are there any specific recommendations that you generally make that, that our audience might, might value? I mean, first of all, working with a coach is fantastic because coaches are mm-hmm. your personal cheerleader. We're here to lift you up. We're here to challenge you. We're here to help you with your mindset to ensure that you can overcome challenges of imposter syndrome and insecurities and self-doubt. Uh, reading books really transformed my life and my career and my mindset. So, you know, there's a great book called Mindset by Carol Dweck, which is fantastic. Uh, there's a ton of other great sales books. The challenger sale was really good to sell as human was pretty good. So I think reading sales books, reading mindset books and, uh, being surrounded by other really inspirational people helped me to achieve really great levels of success in sales and in my entire career. Now I could spend the rest of our time speaking about this because helping the, Women at Yuvaro and in the tech industry and in the sales space is a, is a big passion of mine. But I want to make sure we don't lose the time to also tell your story. So we may come back to some of that, but I'd like to bring it back to you for a moment, if that's okay. Of course. Awesome. Now, you mentioned something earlier, that idea of helping women in particular have the confidence to you know, pursue that sales career, to put themselves out there. And you shared something with me earlier about that learning opportunity and learning how to ask for what you want and, and chase that prize. Could you share a little bit for us? You know, where, where did you learn that? What was that experience like? And you know, what was that in your journey? I feel like this may have stemmed from early childhood education, potentially in my parents. And, you know, my parents gave me a lot of freedom and independence. And uh, they really didn't hold my hand, I would say, like they really let me let me be free in a lot of ways and encouraged me to be independent, to move away for university, to be on my own, you know, to be financially independent and, you know, cut me off from their, from their, their bill after graduating, all of that. So I think maybe it stemmed from my parents, but I actually worked with a friend who was a coach of mine. And in her coaching program, she talked about asking for what you want. And a lot of women don't do this. And so I started I started asking for what I want and I started speaking up. And as I became more confident in my career, I really, you know, did not hold back on being honest and open about my beliefs and my values and my goals and my what I wanted. So yes, uh, I think my parents, I think the coach that I worked with, and I think working in sales, I learned a ton about negotiation. Mm. On on that on that negotiation on the learning sales, when you speak to people who have considered using a coach or haven't, 
one of the things I've heard often is people say, well, have they, have they really been as successful in their careers? And you have. I mean, not only are you running your own company, but you, you shared a bit around that journey from being in the average rep to the top sales rep. You know, maybe you can share a bit about that journey because that's such a unique path and I think such a testament to you know, how that approach can yield dividends. I think the important thing for every single young person and every single person out there that is getting into sales or building a career in sales, it's really important to know and that we all started somewhere and we all experienced failure. Sales is, mm-hmm. that's, that's what you do in sales. You experience failure more than ex- you experience success. So my journey, I didn't start off as the top sales rep. I didn't start off bringing in thousands of dollars every month to the company. I started off as an average performer. I had challenges. I spent the first year average and then not hitting my targets month after month and then being put on a performance improvement plan. And then eventually after about a year and a half, I started getting ridiculously good at, at sales and, you know, product knowledge and industry knowledge and, you know, communication skills, negotiation, consulting, selling with confidence. So it was a journey. It was a journey. And it took a lot of investment in my personal development, my professional development, reading books, participating in training, investing in coaches. So it was a journey and everyone experienced that failure. And even when you are a top sales rep, you still experience failure. But um, mindset played a big role in that. Hustle played a big role in that. And, you know, constant learning and development. So looking back at that, I mean, those challenges are clear. And, you know, it, you can hear it in, in terms of the, the the way you described it, your voice. So if you were looking back at yourself, you know, say 10 years ago, you know, what's one piece of advice you'd give past Amanda? So this, when I thought about this question, actually, I was thinking about something else. Uh, I was thinking more about my mindset around money, but I think that's where oh. sales. So when I, 10 years ago, I was a young, passionate student, you know, graduate, recent graduate. And all I wanted to do was something that I was passionate about even if that meant volunteering, even if that meant taking an unpaid internship, even if that meant taking an opportunity abroad where I just received a stipend. Uh, so I really sacrificed money early on and I thought, oh, I'm not, I'm not a greedy person. I don't need money. I just want to do something that I'm passionate about. And um, what I would tell myself 10 years ago is that money isn't a bad thing. And that, um, you know, we can use money as a force for good. And that I really believe in financial freedom and financial empowerment. And I think a lot of, again, young women hold themselves back, uh, even from a financial perspective and a success perspective, because they think, oh, no, I'm good where I am and I'm okay and I don't need I don't need more money. Um, but the reality is that money can really like help us make an impact in the world. And as a social entrepreneur, as a purpose-driven professional uh, with money, that means we have the opportunity to, you know, invest in the charities that we want to invest in or the small businesses, support our parents, support family members, and do the good in the world that we are really passionate about. And um, I think, again, women face often face imposter syndrome and insecurities and self-doubt. So we hold ourselves back and we tell ourselves, oh, you know, this salary is enough or we, you know, we're just starting out. So we don't deserve anything more than a 35K based salary. 
Um, but what I would like to tell myself 10 years ago is that you deserve a lot more than what you are getting um, and that you deserve to have money, you know, to be able to pay rent and save for the future and travel the world and, you know, do good, do all the good in the world that I want to do. I love that clarity. You know, you deserve more. That's, that's so, so powerful. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> a journey is as much around, you know, where someone came from to where they're heading. So, you know, almost, almost last question for you. Uh, if you think about where you're going, you know, what's, something you would hope to congratulate future Amanda for? Yeah. So Joseph, there's two things I'm really passionate about that I am on a journey to achieve right now through my business, Athari. You know, one thing is around meaningful employment. So of course, coaching and empowering women to achieve their greatest success, that that is my number one thing. But I also hope to grow and to scale my business so that I can actually create jobs and create meaningful employment, not only for he- people here in Canada, uh, but for people in Kenya and for other parts of the world where unemployment rates are a lot higher, you know, especially with COVID-19 right now. I mean, unemployment is, you know, on a, on a rise at an all-time high, everyone's being laid off. So my, one of my biggest goals is to be able to create jobs. And the third goal is access to education. So our Thari is a social enterprise and we provide scholarships for talented students in Kenya that are not able to access to education for financial reasons. So what I want to congratulate myself for is for creating, you know, hundreds of jobs for amazing young people and young women around the world and for providing students, you know, with the opportunity to attend school. I'm so excited to see that future. And I'm, I'm so excited for in that future when I could say, hey, we, we interviewed Amanda Wen. Uh, that's such a great vision. I love it. Thank you. Uh, I want to wrap up with some rapid fire questions. If that's cool. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so some fast ones. We'll keep them short. Uh, but again, wrapping up and getting the idea of who Amanda is, let's start off with, what's your favorite sales tool? The phone. I <laughs> love it. And Oh, man, for that cold calling experience, that's bang on. Okay, what's your favorite movie? Step Brothers. Such a good choice. Oh, I can't wait to hear all the other answers, too. Uh, and when you were a kid, what did you want to grow up to be? I wanted to be a professional soccer player and an actress. Oh, love it. Oh, this has been so fantastic. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us. I've enjoyed this conversation so much, and I'm so looking forward to the next time that we chat. Thank you so much for having me, Joseph. It was so nice chatting with you, and I'm you know so grateful to be a part of it. Awesome. You take care and hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you.